Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast, where you will learn how to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around and operate mobile home parks. And now, here is your host, the fifth largest mobile home park owner in the United States, Frank Rolf. In 1947, a pilot named Chuck Yeager piloted the X-15 to break the speed of sound, 761 miles per hour. It was a mission they had tried for many, many years and always failed. They could never figure out how to push the plane over that threshold. It would start shaking violently and lose control. And with Yeager always willing to push the throttle a little bit extra, they finally were able to devise a way to break the speed of sound. And today, of course, planes fly up to three times that speed. But nevertheless, it all began back in 1947 with the X-15. I've also had my own dream of a speed of sound as far as occupancy in a mobile home park. I've always hoped that it was achievable with our portfolio to gain 1,000 lots in a given year. We come close in the past. We've never been able to push over that threshold. It seemed unattainable until this past year when we finally were able to break the 1,000 net filled lots for the year. So what did we learn from that? Well, we learned quite a bit from that. Probably about as much as Chuck Yeager learned on aviation, we learned on how to sell or rent mobile homes effectively. So here are some tips for you. If you really want to increase your occupancy dramatically, this is what we learned in our experiment towards breaking 1,000 net occupied lots. Number one, you have to take control of every part of the entire process. And if you're going to try and hit big numbers like that, you cannot leave any of that up to human error. First thing you have to do is you have to take your phone number and port it through either Who's Calling or a similar service like VoIP through Rent Manager such that every call coming in gets tracked. Every time someone calls, it captures their phone number. It records the call. It just gives you all of the information because that information is absolutely vital if you're going to try and hit big numbers. Number two, you've got to make sure that all advertising is verified. You have to make sure that the manager is in fact running the correct and the appropriate advertising and you have to check their work. Sometimes they'll say, yeah, I'm running that ad on Craigslist or on Facebook and you'll get a copy of the ad and it's terrible. Some of them obviously do not have very good marketing ability. They aren't, weren't hired to be marketeers. So often one big problem a lot of parks suffer from is the ads are awful. The photo of the home that they showed in the ad they could not have selected a worse photo. It'll be the most unappealing shot of the entire home. So you just have to take all the advertising and you have to vet it. Now, that would be a big undertaking to vet every single ad, but you can get a rough idea by looking at the ads, who needs help and who does not. Number three, you've got to make sure that someone answers the phone. The manager has to know that one of the biggest parts of their job is, in fact, to answer the phone. Because if you don't answer the phone, then you're never going to sell or rent anything. The phone must be answered. Now, those who's calling reports, those VoIP reports, they will show you if the phone is getting answered or not and how much. And it's absolutely essential that the manager understand they cannot miss those calls. Next, mystery shop the showings. Pay somebody. Hire someone on Craigslist for $50 to go and mystery shop your park. Have them show up as a customer to look at a home and see what happens. You'll learn a huge amount from that. You may learn that that manager just is not the appropriate choice to be selling or renting homes in your property. 
Next, do plentiful exit interviews. You already have those phone numbers captured through who's calling or the VoIP system. Utilize that information. Call those customers up and say, hey, I was just curious, how did it go? Did you buy or rent a home? And if you did not, why not? You'll learn so much. You'll learn either the manager did a terrible job or you'll learn the homes are overpriced. Whatever. This is real information from the real deal, the real source of the person, your customer. So that information is absolutely essential. Next, make sure that you've got an attractive commission structure. You want those managers in the field to be just thinking 24-7 about how much money they're going to make on commissions. If you really want to hit big numbers, you're going to have to give reasonable commission structures in the field. Well, how reasonable? It's up to you. But I would want them to make something at least in the hundreds of dollars on every home that they sell or rent. Some owners don't give the manager any commission when they sell or rent a home or a pitifully small amount, $50 or $100. That is not going to get anybody into the kind of fervor you need to hit big stats. Also, consider supplementing your manager. If the manager is not up for the job but is great in every other category, if they're good at collections, if they're good at supervising the property, property condition, working with residents, there's nothing wrong with supplementing them with an additional salesperson if the number of homes warrants that. If you just have one home, then no, they'll have to get that out the door. But if you've got 10 or 20, perhaps you could elect to hire somebody else in the property and make them just in charge of sales. That often can give you the real boost you need because now you have a single focused person on one tight, narrow area, and hopefully someone who has a background in sales. Many mobile home parks have already living in them people who have a sales background. Might be a retired car salesperson, retail salesperson. These people have all the sales skills that you need that your manager may not have, and it's a perfect team supplement to get the job done. Also make sure that you've got office hours on weekends and at night because many of your customers, they work, and that's great. You want them to work. That's how they have the money to pay you to begin with. But you've got to set your hours around what your customers need, not what your manager needs. And having the manager work on a Saturday and maybe not at all on a weekday that corresponds, that's the kind of thinking you need if you're actually going to get more customers in the door and often the better customers who are very busy with their own careers. On the pricing side, use some common sense. Go to a Walmart. If you're going to rent a home for $800 a month, let's make it $795. Let's use the old Walmart approach of dropping it down by a few pennies because it just sounds so much better to the consumer. Also, don't be afraid to take small losses on homes to get them out the door. If you look at a vacant lot, which is worth zero, and you look at the occupied lot in that same property, which might be worth, let's say, $40,000. Do you think it might be worthwhile to sell that home at a $5,000 loss to gain $40,000 of value? I would think so. Think like a car dealer. When people make you offers, be flexible. Flexibility is the hallmark of hitting big numbers because it's been learned in every other industry since the beginning of time that the most important thing is to close the sale if it's within reasonable realms of profitability. If you look at the books on any car dealership, on every single one of those Camaros that was sold, you'll see probably a different sales price. One might be a little bit higher than the next. One might be a little bit lower than the next. The point of it is they got the deals closed. 
So you can be flexible on pricing because at the end of the day, where we're making our big money is by occupying that lot. We're not making our big money by renting or selling the home, not a home dealer. Let the home dealers worry about that. Let that Clayton manufacturer, retailer up the highway. Sure, he has to obsess because he gets no further profit. If he buys that home for 30000 and sells it for twenty nine, he'll go out of business pretty rapidly because he made no money. But you, as a park owner, if you buy the home for thirty and sell it for twenty nine, well, that's okay because that occupied lot is worth forty thousand dollars, so you still made thirty nine thousand dollars. It's just a different perspective when you own the property the mobile home sits on. Also, be aggressive if you can on RVs. In many parts of America, you can place RVs on mobile home lots with no restrictions from the city. In other areas, you can place RVs on mobile home lots but it can't not exceed a certain percent of your total lot flow. The important thing to remember is that a lot of Americans are buying or already own RVs, and they're retiring at the rate of 10000 per day. And many of those people are going to then sell their home and retire into the RV. I know many people doing this, very upscale people doing this. I know a college professor who recently elected to sell his house, a really nice house, and just travel America in an RV. Would those not make good customers? I think they would. RVs, by and large, cost more than mobile homes. They typically reflect greater pride of ownership than mobile homes in many parks. So don't forget about RVs. Now, how do you reach RVs? It's a little different to market to RVs than to mobile homes. When you're trying to market to RVs, you've got to have a very strong online presence. When people Google up RV park in blank, they need to immediately find you on that list. And you have to have a really good website because in today's competitive world, they're not going to go to your property unless you have a good website. You also might want to put a banner on your fence or out front that says RVs welcome. Now, when the RV customer comes in and they express the desire to be there for an extended period of time, if not forever, then that is the kind of customer you need to try and get into your mobile home park lot if, in fact, it meets the laws of your city and or state. Because you're going to see a whole lot more of that coming up. Many more Americans after the pandemic are thinking about their life and what they want to do with their life. And they're already getting turned on to the whole idea of being away from people, being in a more natural setting, outdoors, lower density. And I think this will be a much bigger part of the customer base of mobile home parks going forward. Also, you never want to miss the opportunity for organics. An organic is when someone pulls a mobile home from another property into yours. How do you get organics? You be on the radar screen. You can have a big banner on the front of your sign that says, move here for free. If anyone ever calls you wanting to move their mobile home in, give them MVP treatment. And most importantly, watch for opportunities to collect in large numbers of organics from other mobile home parks that are being torn down for redevelopment. Every time you see an ad or your manager sees an ad in the paper talking about a mobile home park that is being redeveloped, you need to jump into action. You need to call that owner, call that manager and say, hey, I've got a place for those residents who need to move. How many can I get? If you jump on those projects with Gusto, you'll be amazed how many lots you can pick up. You might even be able to pick up every single vacant lot in your entire park off of that one transaction. Remember that when they redevelop these parks, often the park owner or the developer is the person who is given the responsibility by the city to get that zoning to move those people to new spots. So they really welcome your call with open arms because they see you as the solution to pushing their project forward. The bottom line is if you do all these things we just talked about and you do them in tandem, in unison, 
you'll be amazed at how many lots you can fill. And filling lots is one of the key ways to make money with your mobile home park. So this is definitely something that's worthy of a lot of thought and introspection so that you too can break the sound barrier of filling your vacant lots. This is Frank Roth with Mobile Home Park Mastery. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at mhpmastery.com to subscribe to the show, read our show transcriptions, and access all of our great information on mobile home park investing.